You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, I have Debbie Bernacki, who is owner of Happier at Home. Uh, Debbie, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So can you just um, start out by giving us some background about you and, and your nursing career, and then we'll, we'll uh, start talking about uh, your business? Sure. Um, well, I, I think it's important to mention my um, family background, too. Um, so I am a registered nurse now, but uh, way back when I was in high school, uh, my parents, um, although they are incredibly uh, supportive and encouraging, um, they really didn't um, think that uh, a little old Italian girl like me um, needed to go to college. So I, um, I decided that I really wanted to go to college and um, not just stay home and raise children, which in addition to uh, my successes, I raised four children, uh, managing to do that uh, with varying schedules in nursing at the hospital, of course. Um, but that was a great part of my um, of my upbringing is my parents' traditional uh, family values. Um, but uh, after um, I decided to go to college, uh, I pursued a degree in radiologic technology. And when I was in the middle of that, decided that it just wasn't enough of a challenge. Uh, and while I was going to college during the day, uh, started classes at night to um, further my education in diagnostic medical sonography, which is ultrasound. Um, so I um, completed that degree, worked in ultrasound for a while, but then always wanted a little bit more. And I always still want a little bit more and to keep pushing myself. Um, so I, I got a, a degree in uh, nursing. Uh, so I started working in the hospital and um, have most of my career in emergency nursing. Um, so that's where it all started. That's awesome. That's really amazing. And I love that, uh, you know, because I think our parents, they always mean well, um, but their plan for us isn't always the best plan. <laughs> so I love that you were able to know that you wanted something more, because uh, I think a lot of us get stuck doing the things that other people tell us that we should do, whether it's right for us or not. Definitely. And I think entrepreneurs break that mold all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, another area, again, um, that I'm sure your parents probably weren't saying, hey, you should go become an entrepreneur either. Um, so when did that happen? Where was that kind of transition? Well, when I was, I believe, 10 years old, I started uh, delivering papers. So I always had it within me to want to work and um, just achieve something for myself. I liked seeing the results. It, was, it really wasn't a money-driven thing. 
it was um, just this desire within me to do things, to build things and uh, sit back and see what I accomplished. Um, so I actually started uh, delivering papers and uh, I started working as soon as the law would let me work on the books. Um, and uh, as far as uh, the entrepreneurial part, I feel like that was where it started, just something within me that liked to um, liked to enjoyed it. Uh, so as I was working in emergency nursing, I wanted to, I originally had an associate's degree in nursing um, and decided to go on to get my bachelor's degree. Uh, and one of the things that we did in one of our classes was exploring different uh, careers in nursing. And I found it really interesting uh, when we, when I did some research on starting my own business as a legal nurse consultant. So um, as a result of that, that was my first business was um, a business called Med Inquest. And uh, I started that and I, uh, I didn't know any better. I never took a business class. Um, so I jumped in and just felt I did what I felt I should be doing and really getting out there, showing up at um, attorney's offices with my brochures. I, you know, I, I'm a big uh, believer in branding, either it's branding yourself, branding your business, um, and having a, a good name for your business. Um, to be able to then have the confidence to go out and say, hey, I'm here and I can do whatever it is that you need to do to um, help you succeed in your job. So in that uh, instance, it was starting the legal nurse consulting business. Um, and uh, after I was running that business for a while and I wanted to grow it, hiring additional nurses to work with me or for me, the attorneys didn't want it. So they just wanted me to work and do their, um, their cases. Uh, and it was, it was interesting to a point, but at one time, at one point, one of my boys said to me, mom, you know, you're not a nurse anymore. You're just uh, working for attorneys. And that was like stabbing me in the heart. <laughs> so um, I did miss actually connecting and helping people, um, even though I was in a roundabout way helping people um, that were in bad situations with medical problems gone wrong and et cetera. Um, so at one point, because that business turned into, into what felt like more of a job because the attorneys wanted me to do the work, um, I decided I wanted to sell that business. And I it was kind of in that in that process when I started um, my business of Happier at Home. So uh, tell us a little bit about Happier at Home, honestly. So Happier at Home um, is a business that provides in-home senior care. And um, it started out as companion care. And um, as my business went along, I realized that I was doing a lot of case management and so I added a couple additional streams of revenue or services onto the business as the business model. So uh, it kind of evolved into uh, providing uh, case management or care advocacy. 
medication management, which is so important uh, because that's one of the biggest problems and causes of people going into the hospital or um, having stays in the nursing home. So um, we really fight to keep people independent and in their homes as long as possible. So how did you make the transition and you were coming to the end of the LNC kind of business and what were you just looking for ideas? Like, how did you fall on this idea? I had been thinking about home care for a long time. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in home care. Um, some thoughts in my mind were, well, I can just be a private care, a private duty nurse, and that would be fine um, if I wanted to just not have a scalable business. Um, but the catalyst came when um, my mother was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is, as you know, a primary brain cancer, uh, in 2007. And um, during that experience, after her diagnosis, she lived for six months. Um, my family and I uh, just were on that receiver end, on the consumer side. So I saw what it was like and how it seemed to be dysfunctional or not running the way I would want it um, or I wanted for my family. We had um, caregivers that would show up uh, we were supposed to have someone there every day, 9 a.m. to 11, just to help during hospice care. And they wouldn't show up until any time, if they showed up at all, um, which made it very difficult for my father, who uh, we kept my mother home till um, you know five days before she died. But it made it difficult for him because he really was with her all the time, trying to keep everything together. And um, so if he planned on two hours to go to an appointment for himself, he couldn't even go because the caregivers weren't showing up. And additionally, uh, people would show up and it would be someone different all the time. And my mother, you know, having five brain tumors lost her inhibitions. So she would call me while they were sitting right in front of her and say, Deb, I don't know why these people are here. They're just sitting on the couch looking at me. I could do that by myself. <laughs> so it was so true, but it, it just brought out so many uh, deficits in, in the way the care was being administered, the way the businesses were functioning. So before my mother even died, uh, even before she passed away, I uh, went to her, I said, you know, mom, I said, this is horrible. I said, you know, we are, I'm a nurse. My, my sister's a registered nurse also. And if I, a staunch advocate for anyone in need, is, ha is having trouble with um, this system and I feel like I'm being pushed along in the tide, um, how, how do regular people do this? And how do people who don't know the system or who can't speak up for themselves do it? So I told her, I'm, I'm starting this business and it's gonna, it's gonna help people that are going through very similar things. And so that was it. Um, she died knowing that I was starting this business and she goes, I know it's going to go, it's going to do great. You know, she was so proud of me at that point. You know, she knew I was starting, you know, in the hospital, I was uh, of course charged here and there and, um, you know, had the legal nurse consulting business. And it was kind of funny because, you know, even though she was seeing me making these successes, 
she said, you know, if you would just stay in one place at the hospital, you could be a supervisor. And I just thought it was so cute to think, you know, it was, she's incredibly intelligent. My, her mother, my grandmother was incredibly intelligent. Um, so I just saw myself in both of them, but then additionally that freedom uh, from the culture to start the drive and take the risks of what I wanted to do. So that was it. That's how I started Happier at Home. And I came up with a name and one day pacing my dining room and thought, what are people, why, you know, they're just, you know, they're just happier at home. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's an incredible business. I can't believe, or a name. I can't believe no one's thought of that before. So, so we have the trademark and the design mark of, of Happier at Home nationally. Also, oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so what is it about your business that you thought that you could fix this problem with the caregivers, right? Because, I mean, it surely wasn't just uh, endemic to that one home health agency or agency, whatever it was. Uh, I mean, it's a common problem. So how do you combat that issue uh, with the caregivers not showing up or... Well, I saw, um, so I, along my career paths, um, I was a director of nursing, a director of nursing in a licensed home care agency here in uh, New York state. And um, so I saw the way that they were running it also. Um, so one of the things that happens is they're looking to squeeze in as many patients as possible. So they weren't looking at, at it from the consumer's aspect. So they, you know, the, the aides would uh, open up a tablet every morning. It would just populate with what patients they were going to run around and see back to back. So what I uh, created was just a, a profile of the type of person that we wanted to hire, number one. Um, and it's, it, it had to do with the character, um, their, their uh, time of their life, um, meaning if they've uh, had experiences that they could bring uh, and uh, such as, you know, being empty nesters or raising their children or doing this with their own family. Um, so I looked uh, for people who I knew were going to be reliable and had a passion for helping people too. Um, and then um, when we did assessments, uh, we made sure that the family had a say in what their care plan looked like uh, and what they felt. I, I certainly gave them my professional opinion and told them from, as a result of this assessment, these are areas that I see you need help in, but am I missing something? Um, so we then would schedule, and we still do, um, schedule people to uh, hold that schedule on a regular basis. So we tell the families that we want to maintain a consistent schedule. And um, not only do the families really appreciate and like that, but the caregivers do too, because then they can have a semblance of life. Um, can you imagine being a nurse and then just every day waking up and being told where to go? I just... I've had that experience because I used to do agency nursing and they would tell me which hospital and then they'd call back and say, oh, you're not going to this hospital, you're going to go to that hospital. And then it'd be pulling me from unit to unit. And it was, yeah, the money was great, but it was horrible. Yeah, it's it's not good for job longevity, I'd say. But 
Um, and our, our caregivers just develop great relationships with our patients because they are consistent. Um, so that also helps, I mean, certainly it helps the patients in so many different ways, but if, if there's just a little bit of a change or they're acting a little off, they're a good liaison for the family and for, our, for myself and for our company uh, to be able to say, hey, I, I'm seeing that she's just not alert enough or she's a little confused today. Um, you know, and we could head things off or maybe uh, look at, is it a UTI? And that will resolve quickly instead of it cascading into a major problem. Right. Um, so, I mean, this, this kind of seems like an obvious thing to do. Why do you think like everybody else isn't doing <laughs> this, right? Like it, it just makes sense that you would want the same caregivers and, you know, people that show up, like why don't other companies do this? Well, it, looking at uh, the licensed agencies, I, I know um, from my experience that they need to squeeze in as many cases as they can. And um, they want the CNAs going back to back, one right after another. Um, their care oftentimes is more episodic. So it's uh, discharge from hospital or rehabs. Uh, they're getting their source of payment is different than our source of payment. Um, so it does give the family members more power uh, to be able to have a say in maintaining that consistent schedule and the consistent caregivers. So what is your source of payment? Is this fee for service? Yes, we're so we're private pay. Um, and actually, I didn't even get into that. I started franchising my business. Um, uh, several years ago, um, but in New York State, uh, we have four locations and um, we're highly regulated in New York State. So we stay at a companion care level um, and we know that's where the profit margins are. You jump into licensed care and everything gets eaten up uh, in regard to profit margins. Um, but uh, so we, um, uh, as far as uh, the the scheduling and um, that type of thing, New York State, that's that's what we're able to do. So we stay in that realm. Um, I have franchisees in Florida, in Texas, uh, starting up in Alabama soon, uh, and their regulations are different for doing the personal care. So um, it's just a, a, a little bit different at that point. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about the franchise, um, but first, the in New York State, so companion care is uh, it's also highly regulated. It's not something. I mean, do you have to get a license to do it? Uh, not in New York State. There's not even a licensure to do companion care, which makes it very, very vulnerable, people very vulnerable to uh, scams and being taken advantage of. So that's one of the things I really pride our company on is just making sure that we are above board on everything. We fully vet all of our caregivers with criminal background checks, drug screening, personal professional reference checks. Um, so then when we get into our franchisees in different states, um, some of them do do the personal care, but it is um, their sources of payment may be a little bit different. I mean, we are private pay, but we take long-term care insurance. There's some veterans aid and attendance benefits. Um, and we explore those with in the different states. Um, but with those additional licenses, 
that are much easier to get in different states, <clears throat> then there's different sources of payment that they could accept also. Okay. And how did the idea of franchise come up and where did you even start with exploring that idea? Um, I uh, saw that my business was a unique business model and that we were providing a incredible service and we developed I, I say we, but I developed this company in Rochester that it really has a great reputation. Um, I started becoming, going on TV every month um, as a geriatric care expert. And, and now I'm on every Monday morning on uh, our Fox News channel here. Um, so it really grew from the foundation as a solid foundation and then grew from there. Um, but as it grew, I thought, wow, this is something really unique. And the combination of doing companion care with the care advocacy was something very unique. Um, and from my, our research, my attorneys and mine, uh, my franchise was the first uh, combination companion care and uh, care management franchise in the country. Um, so when um, I told you earlier that I was always looking for, okay, what, how is, what's my next step? Where's my next area of growth? And I thought about um, just franchising the business. And um, so it probably was a good five years ago that I was thinking about this. And I held a position as a vice president of um, one of the largest CCRCs. It's the Continuum of Care Retirement Communities. Uh, we have 11 of them in New York State. Um, so I, I saw this as a great opportunity for my uh, next step because this CCRC was looking for, well, how can we expand into community-based services? So I thought, this would be great to, to connect this with um, organizations or companies that need to add an additional service on to their, their business model. Um, so I started writing out operating procedures in detail, everything that I had known, all of my documentation, uh, the tools, uh, our processes. I, uh, and I, I went ahead and, um, set my happier at home corporate business as a franchise. And um, it's pretty exciting. That's my next thing. I'm just um, growing the franchises nationally and, um, and getting the word out more and more. Yeah, that, uh, that also sounds like a daunting amount of <laughs> work, putting all those SOPs and processes and you're probably like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this from the start? Um, yeah. at, yeah, so that's that's awesome, and I love that. And that takes a lot of hard work and, and dedication to get that done. Um, so, how do you market your franchises? Like, what type of people are coming to to buy them? Well, um, so I know how to market locally. It it has been a learning process. So when I didn't know, I, I had no idea where do I start trying to market franchises. So I connected with franchise brokers and I did sell a couple franchises through brokers and we maintain a great relationship. Uh, they're there and they know I'm here. So um, that that's a way we can 
reached reach people. Um, but then also, uh, I in the beginning, I went to a lot of franchise expos. So I would pack up and go to different states and um, meet people. Um, the problem with that was there were a lot of people coming from all walks of life that would say, sure, that sounds like a great idea to run a business. And really, um, it's so much nicer to have someone who has experience in business, whether they're already an entrepreneur or they have a management or a senior executive position within a company where they know um, the things to benchmark and look at uh, in businesses. So um, it, I don't really go to expos so much anymore, um, but now I connect with people on LinkedIn. I, I know the type of uh, people or businesses that I'd like to connect with that are going to be successful franchisees. Um, so I'm always connecting uh, with more and more people on social media and LinkedIn. Um, right now, I'm enlisting a company that is experienced in franchising, uh, marketing, franchise marketing. Um, so they're going to um, be part of uh, part of our marketing push. I connected with a gentleman here in Rochester, New York, who um, he was in radio for years and years, has experience, his name's Arnie Rothschild, um, a wonderful person, friend, and big believer in me and the business. So he's acted as a consultant and really helped me um, and I'd have to say protected me from, um, I mean, I get calls and emails. I could be spending a lot of money all the time and just throwing it here and there to see what sticks, but um, he really helps to direct me. So I, I think that's one of the important parts too, to mention to as you know, when you're starting a business, just having really important professionals around you um, that can help support you. Yeah, no, that's so true. And we, we talk about that all the time in uh, our business with nurses is just, I mean, you can spend so much money just trying to get to the starting point without even realizing that none of that stuff has helped you. And it's it just, it is kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if it sticks, but. Yeah, yeah. You know. And it's just nice to have someone's opinion that's been through some of it. I mean, just like, just like your kids, you know, I, please listen to my experiences and <laughs> please don't do my, make the mistakes I made, but I gotta say they, my kids especially have been, they, they were young when I started my business, my four children, I was going through a divorce at the same time as starting happier at home. And, um, boy, they, they grew up watching, watching me struggle in the beginning, watching, uh, the successes. And every time they came home from school, Hey mom, did you do an assessment? Did you get any new clients today? So it's been wonderful. And I think it's been great for them to see that they could achieve whatever they want, that, that they should look for these things. And, you know, I, uh, just as a side note, I, I think about um, kids or families who don't have that thought or that role model um, that they know that there's opportunity there for them. And, um, you know, if there's ever anything I would like to affect is just to, to 
help more people or even children, young adults to achieve and know that, you know, just if you have great ideas, make sure you are focusing on them. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. I mean, my, my father is incredible and he's so proud of me. But, you know, back when I wanted to start the company, Happier at Home, he says, ah, honey, you're never going to make any money doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just, I, you had to do your own research, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah friends and family, they, I think they want to protect you, but they also stop you from doing a lot of stuff, like, because they're afraid of you doing something. Because, yeah, I mean, most businesses are going to fail. So, you know, yeah. but when you're committed and you're persistent, the chances of you succeeding go up exponentially. And, you know, just kind of to piggyback off of what you just said about the kids, you know, I, I love that too, because um, I think it's important for the kids to see and nurses, like people listening, that there's a point where you struggle in the beginning and you don't know if it's going to work out because I, you know, we see people like you and you've got this great website and this great business and it's easy to be like, oh, it was easy for Debbie. Like it just, she was going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I mean, especially trying to keep my kids in this house going through a divorce and making that leap. I mean, that was huge, but I always thought, what's the worst that can happen? It's not going to kill me. It's not going to kill me. And it, it, it's something that I want to do and I'm always going to regret it if I don't try it, but it was a struggle. It was scary. I, um, you know, I would go to bed and wake up with these crease lines, like that I was, clenching my teeth and while I was sleeping because I was nervous because I wanted to make sure that I could provide for my family. And, you know, as a result of my whole path, I mean, who could have ever figured that this would have been my path, but, um, you know, as a result of all of my challenges and struggles, um, it brought me what I have, but also, you know, my oldest son, he's an engineer, he's starting his own business my daughter is also a nurse. She's thinking outside of the box of what she wants to create for herself. My uh, third son, he's, he's going to RIT on a full scholarship. He's incredibly intelligent. I'm like, write down all your ideas for invention. So I know he's going to be okay. And my son, who's 18 years old, he already started his own business. And he, I, I am so excited and so proud of all of them. I just, you know, Right. I, and I always encourage them, don't just think you're going to take over this business, do something for yourself because hey, they probably don't really find this really interesting, I got to say, but I, I want them to, to pursue what they want to do. And I right. wish that more kids could do that. Yeah, yeah. But I think the lesson, you know, they especially learned from you is seeing that, you know, it's not all just an easy road that you can come out on the other side. And, you know, I think that's a, a, a hang up for a lot of our nurses is that if things don't go perfectly in the beginning, um, you know, it's kind of like it's a failure somehow. And it, it's just not true at all. It's like you just have to find ways around the obstacles. And yeah, there might be some sleepless yeah. nights. And I've certainly had my share of <laughs> just like, how am I going to pay my staff? You know, like it's just, Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I had those same those, the same concerns, but I always thought, you know, if you uh, have that long term goal and keep that vision in mind, don't don't take steps backwards. If you need to, if you can't, and you come up to those obstacles that you just spoke of, take a side step, get around it. Don't, but keep on going up. Don't um, 
don't fall back and retreat. Just uh, take that sidestep. If you have to go lateral one time here and there, um, it's okay. It's that's life. And that's really how now I could tell my franchisees, I've been through it. You don't have to be go through what I've been, I've been through because I made those mistakes for you. And um, so here is a nice package of a business model that you could pursue. And I'm here for you uh, for support all the time because I want you to be successful. I love it. Um, okay, Debbie, so where can people find uh, out more about your business and connect with you uh, and all that kind of good stuff? Well, um, my website is www.happieratthome.com. Um, we have one page on franchising on that because that's my corporate website. Uh, the franchise website's being built uh, right now. Uh, so that's going to be probably about three months down the road. Uh, but I'm on LinkedIn also. I believe I'm under Debbie Marcello Bernacki. Um, uh, Happier at Homes on, on Facebook also. Uh, but I certainly would love to hear from people and um, my email, even if you just want to contact me by email, is Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, -E, at happieratthome.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you.